Leadership development exists because none of us are perfect, fully realized people. We all have room for growth in our lives and we need help along the way. Hi, and welcome to the Developing Imperfect Leaders podcast. Because the last time I checked, we're not Jesus. This podcast is a project of the Leadership Development Institute at Hope Community Church, intended to help you explore and grow your leadership skills for service both inside and outside the church. <laughs> I hope you like to serve with <laughs> I'm your host, Paul Seiber, and I'm joined by my co-hosts and fellow LDI staff team members, Kaylin Larson and Natty Severson. Hello. Hi. Good to see you guys again. Uh, so let's get right into it. We like to start every episode. By Can just, I just say one thing before oh, we get started? Ahead, yeah. As for me and my house, we will serve it the Lord. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, okay. Look, we got to leave it in, right? This is this is called the Developing a Perfect Leaders Podcast. So we should get on with the throw. All right, I'm done with that. Uh, so let's... Um, uh, anyway, all right. So let's. We like to start off the show with a, a fun fact. Uh, so, Caitlin, let's hear a fun fact about you. Um, a fun fact is I have traveled to Spain, or I guess kind of lived in Spain twice. Uh, one time was in uh, high school. I was a foreign exchange student for a month, which was a very. Uh, it was a very challenging. Now that I look back on it, like being away in a foreign country, kind of only have taken what I think up to Spanish three at that point. So definitely not fluent. And then when I was in college, uh, it was a requirement to study abroad somewhere. So I went to Spain and I was there for a fall semester. It was awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. What was your favorite food in Spain that you ate? Oh, I like their tapas and I love the tortilla española and... They also like do dessert really like well. They have something called Amon Serrano and they would wrap it around a piece of melon and it's like sweetness with oh, like. That's not a dessert. It had fruit. That's just healthy. <laughs> wrapped. So it was like melon wrapped uh, with bacon. Not oh, bacon, sure. but Classic. oh, Serrano. Classic oh. dessert. It oh, was so good. Oh. I Let's start talking about this. Oh. This is. All it's right, not like crispy be... bacon. It's like oh, cold. Oh, gross. Oh, oh gonna, it's getting worse. Stop. We're going to try this on season two. <laughs> oh, uh, gross. A fun fact about me is not Spain related, although it has the word world in it, so it's kind of global. But my, I was thinking about my first CD. I remember I was in fifth grade. My first CD, I went to Walmart and got the Spice Girls CD titled Spice World. I think it was their debut smash <laughs> record. Actually, let me see if I can name the Spice Girls right now, just top of my head. There was Baby. Uh, looking at Kaylin because I expect her to spice. know. Baby Spice, Posh Spice, Scary Spice. Um, Pumpkin Spice. No, there, there was a redheaded, it was Jerry Atwell, I think was her name. What was her? Spice. Ginger. Factor, Ginger Spice, was that it? And then there's a fifth spice. Was it there? Sporty spice. Sporty That's spice. That's the one I like. That's I feel like right. This so. podcast is only 25 minutes long or something. So, so, you know, like. Spice Girls. But Pumpkin Spice, I mean... That'd be a good... That'd be a new... We're just coming out of Pumpkin Spice season here, yeah. so, you know... New member. Yeah. Um. Yeah, my first tape was... Tape, because I'm in a whole different era I got, than My you first guys. tape was NSYNC. Oh, it, they made that they on made a tapes. tape, huh? Mm -hmm. I had NSYNC on a CD, but my very first tape was Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. Yes. Sure. So I thought, wow, that was pretty... That was pretty cool with my Bruce Springsteen tape. 
Um, I'm sure I didn't know anything about it, but it was great. I don't even know how I got it. <laughs> um, but that's not what I was going to share. I was going to share a little bit about feedback because we're talking about feedback today. So when I was thinking about something about me and I'm told that how I received feedback isn't fun, but I, I think my way might be. I don't know. I I like tough feedback, but I really like it to be direct and one-on-one. So we talk about when, when do we want to get feedback? How do we want to get feedback? I want to get my feedback one-on-one. Um, some people like a what I would call the good old poop sandwich, where it's like a compliment and then the feedback. It's kind of like a turd and then another compliment. So you kind of sandwich the uh, tough turd of the feedback. But I prefer people First time like that really been used on the podcast, get I to think. the point and talk about what needs to be done uh, for me to like restore their trust or relationship or to grow. And then maybe like that compliment would be nice at the end. But when people like start to compliment me kind of right off the gate, I'm always like waiting for the hammer to drop and it makes me nervous. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. Uh, so we said tough turd. Well, that actually is a good idea of what feedback feels like, I think, for people. <laughs> Um, shaking her head she did not like the direction this this went uh all right leading question let's get into it so every week uh on the show we like to dig into a leading question just a a relevant or urgent or thoughtful question on the topic and so today's title question is why am i so devastated by feedback and criticism caitlin what do you think when i read this question i was like i would just love to know the answer to this because uh, if I take a moment to reflect on why I'm devastated by it, uh, it's often because I'm finding my identity in what that person uh, thinks of me or um, what that situation will say about me instead of finding my identity uh, in the Lord or just resting in who he says I am. Um, I often like in those moments too, I think I can believe the lie that this person no longer trusts me or doesn't think I'm competent enough to do uh, what they were expecting of me. So I think that's honestly why I can be devastated by feedback. That's really good. Uh, one kind of, so you kind of went more external, what people might think about you I, a little bit. I went more internal. I realized with my first thought was uh, I'm like, I don't know if I like worship the idol of being fully self-aware, but I was, I wrote my first thing was it impacts my self-perception. And that I find out I have blind spots that I didn't actually know I had. And mm-hmm. I suddenly am like mm-hmm. crippled by that, mm-hmm. which it sounds like, I mean, listening to it now, you're like, yeah, that's, you do have blind spots. Of course you do. You're not, you're not in front of a mirror all day. Uh, but that one, I put, that's another one I was thinking of, I think feedback at times makes us feel exposed um, or hurts our pride. Uh, kind of a twofold uh, that kind of go again, more the internal experience of, feedback. Uh, but the reality that I, I even wrote myself a note here, it's you are imperfect. That's why you need feedback. That's kind of what it is for. Uh, so Natty, what about you? Yeah. I mean, I was thinking it's similar to both of what you were saying with like, you know, because I let other people define my worth, what they think of me, or, or I let some sort of thing or accomplishment define my success. So when I don't accomplish that, you know, I'm, I'm broken, but I think ultimately what makes it so hard, I mean, sin, I mean, Captain Obvious, what, what breaks everything, sin, it just really muddies the, the water. We long for perfection, you know, this peace, this rightness with God, but it twists, sin twisted into this desire to be perfect. Rather than to be a part of God's perfection, we want to then be perfect, or at least 
be perfect in ways that matter to us personally, right? Um, we've we've we really get caught in that perfection trap, and I think we're mostly stuck in the um, ways that we desire to be perfect, right? Like I don't need to be for me. I don't need to be perfect in like how I keep my schedule or manage my time, but there are things that are going to poke at me a little bit more, right? So heaven forbid anyone poke at like my like ability to listen well or minister to somebody else, right? Because that's going to be more things. So like someone comes up to me and they're like, Natty, your car is a piece of garbage. Also, it has literal garbage stuffed into those cubbies on the side of the door. I'd be like, yep, great. Because it doesn't matter to me. Car, car does not impact how I feel about myself or what somebody thinks of my car. But if somebody like comes up to me and says, Natty, you're not actually all that funny. And when you try to be funny, you actually hurt feelings of other people. I would be like, you know, you know, cue Natty falling to the ground, rocking back and forth. And why it's because I value, I put this like sense of value on my, maybe my sense of humor and my ability to hopefully not tread on the feelings of other people. Yeah, that's, that's so true. How, How much it's connected to what we personally value. All right, let's get into the quote of the week segment. So every week we like to look at a quote from a relevant resource on this topic. Today we're looking at feedback. And this week's quote comes from a Kaylin Larson favorite resource. Uh, We use kind of all over LDI in various ways. Uh, And it's the book, Thanks for the Feedback by Douglas Stone. Uh, you wrote an endorsement for that book, right? They paid you to write that. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. 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 Okay. But no, Kaylin's been a big fan of this and has really helped us look into this topic throughout LDI. And, and so the quote says this, we need evaluation to know where we stand, to set expectations, to feel reassured or secure. We need coaching to accelerate learning, to focus our time and energy where it really matters, and to keep our relationships healthy and functioning. And we need appreciation if all the sweat and tears we put into our jobs and our relationships are going to feel worthwhile. And so just real quick, there's three things that are highlighted here. Evaluation, coaching, and appreciation. These are three types of feedback. And uh, so, Nettie, you want to just quickly explain what those three types of feedback are? Yeah, I think when we think of evaluation, we think of somebody actually just looking at us and helping us to see how we're doing right? Um, I'm, I'm down with this quote as long as we don't really get hung up on these words that to know where we stand, to set expectations and to feel feel reassured or secure, right? Because that's God's eternal job, right? But when it comes to like, how did I do teaching that class? Or how did I do giving that talk? Or how did I do in that tough conversation? Or how did I do leading that thing? Um, It is important for us to get that kind of evaluation and feedback. And I really do like this triad because it talks with, it starts with evaluation, but imagine evaluation in a void where that's the only thing. Um, We would, we need those other parts of that triad. We need that coaching to give feedback and to uh, help us to see how to grow. You know, if feedback is informative, I think coaching is more transformative, right? That's, that's where we get to grow. And of course, in reliance on the Holy Spirit and, and, and all to keep us growing. And then we have that appreciation as kind of that final leg on that, maybe that three-legged stool, which is like the gas in the tank to keep going. So yeah, it's like, you know, gas in the tank, baby. <laughs> yeah, right. All three of those are so important and go so together. And it's interesting because we can often misinterpret different things and 
Um, I think for me, I really do need appreciation, but I so often, I if someone comes to me, I immediately go to evaluation. I think they're telling me, here's your value and here's what, what I notice about you that matters and doesn't matter. And I'm like, oh no, I'm hurt. I'm wounded. And it's like, no, actually, I was actually trying to coach you, right? So there's just ways we can get this wrong. But when you're interacting with this quote and thinking about these three forms of feedback, how does this impact our feedback aversion? I think like when um, I read this quote, well, one thing I wanted to say though, before answering that question was uh, in the book, they talk about how we are always receiving feedback. So even right now, uh, as we are recording this podcast, I have both of you guys looking at me. So I, it tells me that you guys, that I have your attention. And then just moments before, Paul was nodding his head. And so that's also telling me that he is listening, that he's in agreement. And so then I'm now feeling affirmed, which then makes me want to keep going because it's telling me like, oh yeah, they are understanding what I'm saying and, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and so then thinking about feedback aversion, I actually really liked what Natty said about um, you can't have any one of these in a vacuum and you need all three of them to be interacting with one another. Uh, because if you are only receiving evaluation, but never shown appreciation or coaching, that it will just kind of like hinder you. And so um, I think, how does that impact our feedback aversion? I would say if whoever is giving the feedback, being honest with them of like, is this coaching or is this uh, evaluation or asking them, hey, you know, this thing just happened. I'd love some like evaluation feedback or can you share with me what you saw that I did right or just kind of helping them understand what you need in that moment. But then if you feel like you know what you need, being able to communicate that with them. Yeah, that's really good. I think about like uh, some of the times I've gotten feedback, particularly from Natty, would be early on when I was starting to teach in LDI and she, I would I either seek her out or she would seek me out. And uh, it just knowing, even I think knowing, being in the program, knowing she's going it, to, it's going to sound like evaluation, but it's actually coaching, that she's got an angle on me and how I approach the teaching that I don't have. And she's actually going to, she's intending to help me grow, which is a beautiful thing in leadership development (laughs) that I can actually trust. She's intending to help me grow. So even when things are hard to hear, or I can even say like, Hey, that feels like, like you're saying, Hey, that feels like evaluation. Uh, And she can say, no, 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 I'm really intending to coach. I'm trying to give you another angle to think about this. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about criticism in this too, because there's kind of a line between feedback and criticism. Mm-hmm. Feedback is is more done with that growth mindset. And I think criticism is more done uh, without thinking it through maybe as much. And I think uh, the reason I wanted to talk criticism is because in leadership, you're going to receive criticism. They're, you're making decisions or you're doing things that are impacting other people. And at times they might thoughtlessly weigh in. And, uh, and so I just had a couple of things and I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on this. To, uh, for when we're processing criticism, here's a few things that have been helpful for me. And it, uh, is one is what is the, what is the criticism I'm trying to like boil it down to like, what are, what were they really up or, you know, critiquing? Is it valid? And that's kind of where I'm, I'm weighing it in myself. Do I think it was valid? Is that appropriate? What they said? Like, did I miss that? Or did I forget that? Or did I, uh, and then another one, uh, that has been helpful for me is going to trusted voices and saying like, Hey, did you saw that? Was that, did you notice that that took place or that I maybe said that? Or, uh, another one is that 
I have one that I really need to do is examine my emotions uh, because I don't always uh, receive criticism immediately like, all right, you're probably right. Thank you for <laughs> sharing that. Uh, so I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on criticism too and just uh, that idea. Yeah, I've heard it said that, you know, when, when, when people criticize us, we shouldn't just wholeheartedly dismiss it, even if it was unfair or rude. Um, we obviously we need to, ha- you know, take it with a grain of salt. If somebody is upset, they're going to say things in probably a hyperbolic way. Um, or you just hit them, at, hit, you know, you poke the wrong spot in them and then that caused them to react. But what I've heard said is look for the kernel of truth in it. Um, you know, maybe hidden somewhere amidst all the things that were unfair um, or potentially even just hurtful, there's something that might be a little bit true. Um, and how can I take that? And again, not take it on as my value is placed in the fact that I needed to be perfect. So the first time Paul teaches an LDI class, should I expect him to be perfect? Of course not. I mean, hence the name of this podcast. But the 20th, the 50th time, I still wouldn't expect him to be perfect. And so what's that grain of truth and then that kernel of truth? And I'm sure somebody like long ago said that. I don't know who to offer that quote to, but Kay, what do you think? I agree with what Natty was saying. I think um, people, you could poke something in them that then causes them to spit out any criticism. Uh, But I think in criticism, as Natty said, there is probably a kernel of truth. And so if you are receiving something from someone, is that, do you take that kernel of truth to a trusted voice and say, what do you think about this? Is this something that you notice within me? That's really good. Yeah. And I think that even the posture of, of knowing we're imperfect as we kind of move toward this growing together discussion, knowing we're imperfect frees us up to like, yeah, I maybe could have said something hurtful and I didn't know, or you know, like that. If I look at my pattern of, of life and sin, it would make sense that I would do or say something that hurts someone that fits. That's if line of best fit, I've sinned in the past. I've, I will That's, sin on again. Brand. That's, That's on brand. Yeah, it's on brand. Uh, so we do like to have a time where we consider uh, growing together. We think about, um, again, the goal of this podcast is to help imperfect leaders to grow. And so from a practical standpoint, what are things we can do to not only stop fearing feedback, but pursue it? And I think that was my first one is understand I'm imperfect. And then two, rest in Jesus. Like I actually am okay in Jesus. Uh, he's perfect. So I don't have to be. That's kind of the good news of the gospel there. Uh and then a couple others I was thinking about is, is having an actual growth mindset, which can be hard to do, um, but really trying to pursue like, no, I, I am trying to grow. I, I want to grow. And then third, uh, just realizing that that's a, a muscle, that receiving feedback, pursuing it is a muscle that we grow, we kind of develop. Um, but I always like to start with the trusted voices in my life and say, what are you seeing? I know I can trust you to, to not only weigh who I am and and those factors, but also to actually speak in in clear ways. So what do you guys think? I think just building off exactly what you said there, my response to this question was um, to look for feedback from the right source. So you said trusted voices. And I think we probably need to have an episode in season two on trusted voices because it's we probably sling it around in just about every episode. So, you know, those trusted voices, and I think we've summarized this before, are people who are centered in the gospel, who have our best interest in mind, but who are still willing to be honest with us and um, offer us some feedback that could be deemed critical so that we can continue to grow. Um, So, you know, sometimes we 
um, just need to disregard feedback or just look for that tiny uh, kernel of truth if we're if it's coming from the wrong place, you know. And the wrong place might be really well-intentioned people. Like for some people, it could be their parents, right? Well-intentioned people who love them. Parents love their kids, right? But it just might not be gospel-centered advice or it might not be advice that's rooted in who you are now. Sometimes parents can still see their kids as children, even if they're fully grown adults. So you just have to be careful about um, how and from whom you receive feedback. So, um, you know, like, I think that's, that's something to, to be considered. The other thing that I was thinking about, and I don't know if Kaylin is going to tread into what you were going to say is, um, if we warn people, we're going to be seeking feedback from them. We, it offers them a chance to give more well-rounded feedback. So I think that's one of the important things. Like I remember, Paul, when you were teaching some of those classes early on that we discussed, you you warned me that you're going to be asking for feedback. And that allows me to, to take notes of like, oh, here's what I see that was really good. And here's what I see that I might change. And here's what I could see you doing because you're a completely different person than me and you're going to teach and lead differently than me. And so that's cool. And that, you know, truly that gives me an opportunity to learn from you too. And so, you know, like it continue to, uh, seek out feedback, but, but warn people you're going to ask it so they can give a more robust, um, thing that it's not just the random things that they can remember. Cause honestly, maybe that person was really distracted during that class and they weren't thinking a lot about what you were teaching. They were thinking about all the emails they had to answer or something. This causes them to then have to pay attention and, and write things down even to offer that good feedback. Um, Natty was right. It actually did kind of tie into what I was going to say, which is just fine. Cause I would say, uh, one of the things that you can do to help yourself grow is to ask for feedback. And so, Um, It's an easy way to get a pulse on how you might be doing as a leader, whether that's um, in a class or engaging with volunteers or in your small group, whatever it might be. Um, And so approaching someone, a trusted voice prior to a presentation or whatever it might be and asking, how do you think, like, can you kind of evaluate me and um, prepare to give me feedback at the end of this? Because I'd love to know, like, what are things I did well and what things could I improve on? Not just for the like means to improve, but because you want to serve people well. That's great. So we are all imperfect leaders uh, seeking to grow. So what is one thing that you are taking away from this conversation? I think for me, um, it's just how very linked the difficulty of receiving feedback is. Like it's proportional to the amount that I care about Mm -hmm. the lane that Mm -hmm. feedback is coming in. As I was preparing notes for this, I was really thinking about that. Like, again, I don't care if you criticize my car. It has dents and door dings and Target shopping cart scrapes and all of those things. And I don't really care. Um, But when you start talking about things that matter to me, feedback is much harder to take. And, Mm. And what I was really thinking about is how that really can point to our idols. Yeah. How mm-hmm. much I can learn from if that little like thing, that little dart of truth somebody threw at me really stung that hard. How am I making that thing an idol? Mm-hmm. I, it's just it's it's been in my mind. I did these notes for these a few days ago. And I, so I had the the weekend to think about it. And I was like, oof, that is that's mm-hmm. good stuff. Mm-hmm. I can really do some, I guess, idol hunting. Uh, when it, when I, when I'm hearing feedback and what my heart is doing, you know, when your stomach twists and you're sort of like, I don't like that you said that. 
really all says the time, something. All the time. All the time. <laughs> Caitlin, that's every time. Maybe like as you age, you 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 start to throw away some things you don't care about other mm-hmm. things as much. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's just age talking here. I don't know. I also blame my Enneagram sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're supposed to do that. I but... know, I know, I know. <laughs> Uh, I think my takeaway from this conversation is I liked what Paul had said about um, feedback being a muscle that you have to grow and exercise. And so just the idea of like getting used to receiving feedback is really helpful as you grow and develop as a leader. Because if it's something that you aren't seeking out or willing to receive, uh, it's just going to be hard every time. But I think if you practice receiving it, it will just become a natural part of your leadership. Yeah. I, mine is, I was thinking about the link between I'm okay in Jesus, kind of the good news of the gospel and my desire to pursue feedback. And I think there's like a barometer there or like a gauge to mm-hmm. tell like, oh yeah, when I'm more rooted in that good news that I'm okay in Jesus, how much more willing am I to reach out to others and say, hey, can you give me a lens on this, an angle on this that I might not be seeing? And when I'm actually not holding to the gospel as tightly, I'm far more defensive and far less willing to want to hear ways that I might be imperfect. And Mm. so that's actually sticking with me. And it makes me think I want to be asking for more feedback. And I'm trying to think of what channels that might look like. Gosh, that's good stuff with our overall and just sort of like spiritual, personal health. Like, you know, how you just want to put your head in the sand and be like, don't tell me what I didn't do well. I just can't take it right now. (laughs) That's probably a good like dashboard indicator that you know like your check oil light probably flared on there right oh good stuff paul good stuff snap 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 well that wraps up our conversation for today but we want to keep connecting with you so thank you for listening to the podcast and if you like what you heard be sure to follow our show and leave a review we love connecting with our listeners so if you have questions comments or topic ideas please email us ldi at hopecc.com LDI is a ministry of Hope Community Church based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We seek to develop leaders in their biblical thinking, Christ-like character, and ministry skills for service both inside and outside the church. We do this through internships, classes, seminars, and retreats. If you're interested in learning more about our internships or other opportunities, visit ldi.hopecc.com or email ldi.hopecc.com. Have a great week.